In today's episode, living on a sailboat. Does it make financial sense? Welcome to the Investor Fellow Podcast, the podcast where we discuss money and life. Have you ever dreamed of living on the coast or by the beach? Is it possible to have waterfront views and it still make financial sense? I'll discuss how and why I lived on a sailboat in sunny San Diego. Just so you know, I'm not a financial advisor, nor is this financial advice. This podcast is all about information and education and my own experiences. So stay tuned. So why a sailboat? This idea popped up at the time I was house hacking my three Airbnb rental properties. My houses were consistently rented. During this time period, I was in maximum savings mode. It just didn't make sense for me to rent an apartment. At that time, I was still living in all of my Airbnbs when they weren't rented, hence the house hacking. I started looking into an alternative living situation. For a while, buying a Sprinter van and living the van life seemed like the way to go. I've always loved that. After carefully researching van life, I came to the realization it wasn't the best fit for me. The biggest reason was the stability factor. Having to figure out where I sleep every night on top of house hacking my properties was just too much for me. Also, my properties were in the Palm Springs area. For those that aren't familiar, the Coachella Valley is basically a giant desert. It gets so hot there in the summer. I'm talking like 120 degrees heat in the summer. If you've never experienced 120 degree weather, it's not fun and I don't recommend it. Some people are crazy enough to love it, I do not. Your car is basically a giant oven set on broil. And guess what, you're the Thanksgiving turkey. Literally everything in your car will burn you. And I'm not even kidding, I'm talking about the steering wheels, seat belt buckles, and pray you don't have leather seats. When my houses were fully rented, I wanted to get out of the desert heat and go to the coast. I needed to cool down. So with van life idea dead in the water, I realized the water actually was the answer. Thus, the sailboat idea was born. I found a few blogs and I started reading about sailboat living. It seemed like something I could possibly do. Before I actually pulled the trigger on boat life, I looked into renting some apartments and casitas while I house hacked my three Airbnbs. I quickly realized the amount I would pay in rent was more than living on a sailboat. I know, it was crazy. It also didn't sit well with me that I'd essentially be living in a crappy tiny box with no views or attractions. So naturally, I chose sailboat life. Choosing a boat to live on. Since I had zero experience with boats, I know, crazy, right? But hey, sometimes just get in there and do it. I learned I had two categories of boats to choose from. Power boats and sailboats. In case you don't know, power boats have motors and no sail. Power boats also have more room and can be less aerodynamic. On the other hand, sailboats are sleek with low profiles and have multiple sails to propel them. Sailboats also have a smaller motor. You're typically using the wind to get you from point A to point B. Sailboats have less living space compared to power boats of similar size. It's all about that sleekness. So I chose the sailboat route because I could go sailing and learn new skills. It was like a giant adventure for me. And 
if you have never seen a sailboat, like I love the look of them. If you see them with the sails up and the wind's hitting them, you know, and they got that little lean on them, they, they just look good. It's, there was just a coolness factor there. So I began my Craigslist and internet search for sailboats. And since it was a crazy experiment, I kept my budget small. I figured if I didn't lose much or spend much, then I wouldn't have much to lose. So around 10K, believe it or not, I found some decent boats. And I purchased mine from some nice guy in San Diego. He took me to his marina and he showed me the boat. To give you some context, mind you, this was the first time I had ever been to an actual nice marina. Actually, I think that's the first time I had ever been to any marina. I was blown away when I got there at the amenities. It was like a high-end country club on the water. As cool as the marina was, I had to get back on track. I was there to buy a boat. So we walked down the docks to the boat, and when I first saw it, I instantly loved it. At that time, I thought it was a perfect size. He then asked me if I wanted to go sailing. That completely took me by surprise because I was not expecting that. It was all happening so quickly. I literally found the boat I wanted. I was going to go sailing the same day, and I was learning how cool these marinas were all at the same time. I was still in awe of the marina, the possibilities of owning a boat, and now going sailing. We went sailing that morning, and I was instantly hooked. It was the first time I'd ever been sailing. To me, it was the coolest feeling when you turn off the motor and the sails are up. The wind is propelling the boat forward, and all you hear is the wind and waves. It feels peaceful, even romantic. After a few hours of sailing, we came back to the marina, and I bought my boat. I paid $10,000 cash for it. It's a 1972 Cal 30-foot sailboat. My next step was to find a marina to leave it in. The marina life. So once you've got the boat, you bought it, the next step is where are you going to put it? I researched different marinas in different areas. What I had narrowed down was I wanted to either put it in LA, Oceanside, or San Diego. So I took a road trip to LA and checked out Marina Del Rey. The marina was cool, but I didn't really want to drive to LA from my rental properties. If any of you know the 10 freeway, uh, the drive kind of sucks balls. <laughs> I don't know any, word, any other way to say it. And the price for what you get uh, just didn't seem like it, it worked. Next, I checked Oceanside. I really liked the vibe there, but it was just too small. I'd say if you're gonna live on a boat in California, the best way to do it is in San Diego. Hands down, the overall best. I would always recommend San Diego over all of them. You can pretty much get anywhere in San Diego from the marina within 15 to 20 minutes. Downtown San Diego is really close by and has so much nightlife. The San Diego Bay has epic views and is literally my front yard. Every morning, I make coffee on my boat, then go for a walk or run around the bay. Marina life is pretty sweet too. The amenities and location are the reason I chose San Diego. And speaking of amenities, my marina has Wi-Fi, a snack shop, gym, pool, hot tub, showers, laundry, private parking, and a lounge deck. It's actually pretty incredible what you get for what you pay. The monthly cost goes by the size of your boat, so everybody's going to pay a different price. This is also why I chose a smaller boat to keep costs down. My monthly rate is $730. If I were to rent a one-bedroom apartment in San Diego with the same views and location that my boat is in, it would cost three to five times as much. 
maybe even more. I ended up picking one of the nicer marinas, and thankfully, there was one empty spot opening up the following week. Many of the really good marinas normally have a waiting list, so I got pretty lucky. So if you're thinking about doing it, find a marina and apply as soon as possible. It's been three years now, and I've really enjoyed the marina life. You make boat neighbor friends and meet very interesting people. Most of the people that live on boats have fascinating stories of what they do for work. It's important to choose a marina that fits all your needs and is close to all the fun stuff the city has to offer. Learning to sail. Now that I had my sailboat and a marina to put it in, it was time to learn about my boat. I spent a few days getting to know everything on the boat. I combed through the entire thing, tried to learn the systems, steering, sails, rigging, whatever. If I didn't know it, I'd try to look it up. I had already begun reading sailing books. I then took a sailing class with this really cool old school captain. We did this class on my boat and we went sailing for hours. He went over all the basics, like how to raise my sails, starting the motor, boat etiquette, the rules, yada yada. He even helped me set up my boat for single-handed sailing. I remember he asked me if I was gonna do the primary sailing or if there was gonna be a team of people, and I told him that eventually I wanted to sail the boat on my own. So we set it up that way. After a full day of sailing, we got back to the marina. He told me his story and how he was self-taught. He basically taught himself how to sail when he was a teenager, and he's been teaching sailing classes his whole life. He told me the best way to learn is by doing it myself. So after that, I spent the next few weeks practicing getting in and out of the marina in the San Diego Bay. It's funny because no one ever emphasizes the importance of actually getting in and out of your marina. You hear about learning how to sail, raising the sails, but just getting in and out of your marina is kind of tricky. So once I had getting in and out of the marina down, I began sailing. It was challenging because the San Diego Bay has lots of boat traffic. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever seen it or if you've ever been there, you've got the Coast Guard, you've got the Navy, you've got Disney cruise ships, you've got sailing charters, you've got little sea doos There's a lot going on there. Oh, you got um, fishing boats, uh, you name it. So at first, it seemed a little overwhelming. But in hindsight, when I look back, it was good because it allowed me to, it forced me to learn quickly. After I had that down, I began sailing into the ocean. So I would go out of the bay and into the ocean. Sailing the ocean, to me, is such a freeing feeling. There's basically no boats around you, and you can sail longer without having to make any sail directions. I mean, literally, you can just go in one direction, and you don't have to worry about changing your sails or your rigging. So you get a lot more time to be in peace. Boats require lots of work. So maybe some of you by now are like, I've listened to this and I'm all in on boat life. Well, before you enjoy the good life, you've got to remember that boats require maintenance and love. Just like homeownership, there's always something to work on. And I'm, I'm not kidding about that one. If you want to save money, you need to be handy or begin learning how to fix things. If you don't want to fix things, you're going to have issues on a boat. Since I've owned my boat, I've installed a new freshwater tank, a new inverter, battery, faucet, I repainted the boat myself, and I bought a new motor. I did all of these things during the pandemic of 2020. Why? 
because all of my Airbnb bookings for my rental properties for the entire year were canceled and wiped out in less than six hours. So to not go crazy and lose my shit, which maybe I kind of did a little at that time, uh, I, I went down and I worked on the boat for that whole time period. I focused on working on my boat, learning how to sail, and just generally enjoying it. So it turned out to be a really fun time. So just remember, whatever you purchase, whether a house, a rental property, a boat, a camper van, a sailboat, etc., it will always need to be maintained and fixed at some point. So if you don't know how to do something, learn it. And it'll come in handy because, you know, in my rental properties, I didn't know how to uh, do tile. I didn't know how to remodel bathrooms. And I just get in there and I do it. I probably fuck up a lot, but you learn that way. Same thing with the sailboat. You know, I painted it. I installed all of these things. Sometimes it wasn't easy. I had to look things up. But the point of the story is, if you learn how to fix things, it'll be very beneficial to you, and you can actually make money from it. Like my rental properties. When I sold my rental property, I had actually remodeled the whole thing for a fraction of what it would cost if I hired um, you know, a contractor. So in the end, it became very profitable for me. Now, when I was doing it, that's not why I was doing it. I was doing it because I wanted to learn the skills because in the future, if I buy more rental properties, I will know how to uh, do bathrooms, do tile, etc. Now with the boat, it's kind of the same concept. If I ever get a bigger boat, now I know how to you know, change out a freshwater tank, how to do the plumbing and the toilet, how to paint the boat, you know, what do I have to look for in the sails, and et cetera, et cetera. So the more things you know, the more beneficial they can be. Can you actually live on a sailboat? The answer, yes, you totally can, if it's right for you. So people who say you can't, it's because it's not right for them. I've come to know many people with completely different backgrounds and ages who do. I know a few flight attendants who live on boats. For those unfamiliar with the marinas in San Diego, several of the nicer marinas are located across the street from the airport. You can literally walk to the airport in fact, I did just this on my recent trip to Europe. So the flight attendants I was talking about earlier, they literally just walk to work. I know retired couples who live on boats. There are a lot of Navy and Coast Guard people who live on them as well. I know a lady in her 60s who lives on a boat and works downtown. I know a guy who owns rental properties in Wyoming and lives half the year in Wyoming and the other half in San Diego. So there is a whole spectrum of people on boats. To me, it makes sense if you want to live by the beach and still save money. The only costs you have to worry about are your marina slip fees and power. So if you work remotely, this could be an interesting way of living. You could also get a job in downtown, which is within biking distance. It could be cool to have a part-time job and bike to work from your boat. Remember, you don't need that much. So if you're going to do boat life, my suggestion would be Buy the boat all cash. If you don't have all cash, then save up till you have some. Why? Because sometimes loan payments for boats have a higher interest rate. And if you have the interest rate payment and your marina slip fee, that can maybe be overwhelming if you're not making that much money. Looking back now, if I could do it all over again, I would buy a bigger boat. 
At the time when I bought the boat, I was living the single life. So having another person live on the boat with me, it really didn't cross my mind. I, I know I would have people stay over. You know, I, I envisioned that. But to truly live with someone on a boat day in, day out, if I could go back, a bigger boat for sure. So fast forward to the present day, it would have been nice to have some more space. If I continue living on the boat for the next couple years, which might be the case, I will definitely buy a bigger boat. Living on a sailboat definitely has its perks. It was fun to take family and friends out sailing. I felt my life was more social around the boat. And dating was a lot of fun. When I would take dates out on the boat, they would love it. And I'll I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Anyways, it's not just a home. It's an experience. So that's what it is. I've had so many memories on that boat, and I've only had it for such a short period of time. So just to touch up on the dating aspect of it again, I have a pretty funny story. When I, when I bought the boat, um, it was, I went on this date with this girl, and I had never taken the boat out by myself at that point. Uh, I had taken it out with other people, and it still had the old motor in it. And I barely knew how to turn it on and any of that stuff. Anyways, I wanted to impress her, and I said, yeah, let's take the boat out. And, of course, we get on the boat, and I get the motor running, and I remember inside I'm so nervous. I'm like, oh, don't fuck up. Don't crash. And we start heading out, and everything's good. I get out of the marina, success. I'm feeling good. Anyways, we start coming back, right? So we're out on the the water for a few hours. We start coming back. And the fuel line ruptures, right? And I could see the motor starting to, to bog out, like it's starting to die. And I, she has no clue. And I realized that the fuel line has ruptured, and so the motor just died. So at that point, I'm like, how am I going to get back? And I remember I was thinking like a thousand things. I'm like, I'm going to crash into these rocks. Like, I have to throw down my anchor. I'm going to have to call uh, for some help. And I remember she's sitting there, and yeah, I, I don't really think she knew like how much uh, danger we could possibly be in. But thankfully, there was another boat um, nearby, and he saw that I was having issues with my engine, with my motor, and he asked me if I needed a tow. And I said, uh, I said yeah. So he literally towed us all the way back into the marina, and uh, yeah, let's just say that that, di- that date didn't go as planned. So now that we have the general concept of boat life, and we went over topics of buying a boat, learning how to sail, picking a marina, why a sailboat, you might be listening to this and thinking, could this life hack work for me? And it possibly could. So I wrote down some reasons why it would. Number one, you've always wanted to live near the beach, you're tired of having roommates, you're on a budget, and you're adventurous. Sailboat fits that criteria for sure. It might be a great alternative lifestyle for a few years. I would say the best way is have some cash saved up. Maybe uh, 10,000, 10, 15,000 will get you a pretty decent boat. Um, buy cash. If you have a remote job, then you're set. You could literally work on the boat and watch sunsets while you're on the water. I know several people who do this. They have remote jobs and they live on the boat. I've always thought it would be pretty cool to buy a bigger boat and do this podcast full-time from my boat. Maybe one day that might happen. 
Number two, you're buying rental properties and you want to maximize your rental income. So that's basically what I've done. Even though I own three rental properties, I lived on a boat to maximize my rental bookings. If you get to the point where you can pay off just one property, so here's the thing that a lot of people, especially on social media, uh, They glamorize owning lots and lots of properties, which, hey, it's totally cool if you own a lot of properties. Nothing against that. But honestly, if you only have a few or if one of them's paid off, that makes a huge difference. So let's talk about this. For example, I still owe $150,000 on my first property. So the money I have invested in stocks, if 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 that does well in the near future, I may take some of those profits and pay off my house, right? So now the rental income on my paid off house would, in my, now this is my area because rental specific areas are different prices. So on the low side, my house would rent for $3,500 a month. If my expenses for my boat are $800 or less monthly, then that means my paid off rental property would allow me to easily live on my boat without having to work or worry about it if I decided to do that route. So if you're looking to buy properties and maximize the rental bookings, maximize your rental profits, and you don't wanna rent an apartment or some shitty casita, and you wanna live by the coast, you wanna live by the beach, then a sailboat might be an option. Number three, you're thinking about starting a sailboat charter business. Ooh, now this one's cool. Uh, I've thought about this, uh, and actually I always think about this one. So, owning your own boat has its perks. Not only is it a cozy little floating condo, you can actually use it to log hours towards getting your captain's license for chartering. So, I did not know that at the time I bought my boat, but you can actually use your own boat and get hours towards your captain's license. So, every time you go sailing, those hours can be logged towards getting your license. I've often thought about starting my own sailing business charter, It's a pretty fun job. You get to go sailing every day. You get to meet new people. It's social. You're outside. You get to watch sunsets. You're in a very cool setting. I know people who do this. um, And you generally make pretty good money. People tip you. One of the reasons I haven't pursued it yet is it's a huge time commitment, right? So you only have so much time in life, and you want to dedicate it to something that you're really into. So at the moment... I'm not really into it that much. So for those reasons, I haven't currently pursued it, but it's always in the back of my mind. One thing I am currently in the process of doing is I'm trying to build my media and content creation branding. So this podcast gives me a lot of joy. Like I, I really get excited about making a podcast, about writing scripts. And so right now, I'd rather focus my energy on this than starting a sailboat charter business. But never say never, right? Number four, you have a job where you consistently travel. As I stated earlier, I know flight attendants who live on boats and they literally walk to the airport. So it makes sense if you're not home often. Number five, you don't want to be tied down to home ownership. You don't want to live in some expensive apartment and you want an alternative lifestyle. So a lot of younger people now are choosing not to buy homes or they can't because they're so expensive. They don't want to rent either. Uh, And they're into more experience-based things. So what more or what better experience than to own and live on a boat? So that could also work in your favor. So if you own your boat, you can do whatever you want with it. 
If you want to move from one marina to the other, you can. If your, if your boat is in San Diego and you want to move it to LA, you can do that. Heck, you could even sail down to Mexico and live there for a while. It's your floating home, so you can do what you want. You could even buy a camper van and half the season travel in your van and the other half live on your boat. I've seen people in my marina do this as well. The same applies to living in other countries for a few months, then coming back to your boat. In fact, I think maybe my lifestyle for the next few years might be that. I wouldn't mind living in another country for a few months and then coming back to the boat. So there you have it. Some of my takes on boat life. My lessons, wisdom, stupidity, errors, greatness, whatever. There it is. And how I've been able to do it for the last three years. I'm not sure if I will always own a boat. All I can say is if it makes sense to me, then I'll do it. Just like everything I've done in life, if it makes sense to me, I'll do it. In the short time that I've had this boat, the memories it's already created and the people I've met along the way, including my girlfriend, are worth its weight in gold. So there you have it, boat life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you really enjoyed this podcast and this episode. Um, I love talking about my boat. I probably could do another hour, but, but you don't want to hear all that. So thank you so much. If you have any additional questions, please feel free to reach out on my Twitter and Instagram. Tune in next time where we will discuss on this podcast the most difficult parts of investing. And it's probably not what you think. So stay tuned.